So hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Chronic Fatigue and Burnout Recovery Podcast. Um, today is actually a very exciting episode because I have my very first podcast guest um, and I would love to introduce you to Ellen Murray. Ellen is a mindset and empowerment coach for women who are just totally overwhelmed with life and their mind and their body is just telling them like enough is enough, they have to make a change. And I think um, that probably comes from Ellen's experience also um, with life, which she's going to share with you in a moment. Um, but I've known Ellen for quite some time. Um, long before I had chronic fatigue syndrome, I used to run a weight loss program and I also did retreats. And Ellen actually came on a retreat that I ran in Italy in I think it was 2016. Um, and that was also before Ellen had her own chronic fatigue diagnosis. Um, and then since then, we both went our own ways and we lived very busy lives, doing very busy things. And then both kind of started to become unwell at the same time and then actually ended up working together again for a little while um, as Ellen was recovering. So that's just a brief introduction, but the reason why I wanted to get Ellen on the show was actually, there's so many reasons why I wanted to get Ellen on the show, because she's amazing. Um, but it was also because I had this question through my social media about how do you manage fatigue recovery alongside also being a mom and having small children. And I thought, I'm not really qualified to answer this question, but I know someone who is, and that someone is Ellen. So um, she's also here to touch on that today, but she's also going to touch on her story, the things that have helped her recover, and also what she's doing now and how she helps other people. So that's a very long introduction, Ellen, but welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for the great introduction, too. <laughs> how does it feel to be the first podcast guest? Well, I didn't actually know it was the first, but yeah, it's it's an absolute honour. Thank you so much. Yeah, when I was doing, when I decided to do the podcast and I was starting to create like a little list of who I wanted to get on the show, you were like at the top of the list. So um, yeah, I just, I'm really excited for this. I think it's going to be amazing. I think you've got so much wisdom to share just from your own journey, but also from, um, you know, your work as a coach as well and the, the work you're doing with other women. So Really over to you. Do you want to start at the beginning and tell us a little bit about your story? I know this could be a very long story because I, I know the story already, but um, in a nutshell, as much as you can, tell us a little bit about um, how you've arrived here today. Okay, so um, oh, where to begin? Um, I've, like yourself, I've always been very um, driven um, I'm very passionate about growth and, um, you know, achieving and moving forward with things. So that played out as as me being a business owner. I had um, a women's fitness business around boot camps and we were all across the northwest, really, across Merseyside. Um, and this this just grew and grew from this place of passion and drive to the point where, you know, I had a team of staff and um I think we had 400 members and um, but you know we'd impacted thousands of women who came through our program um, and I absolutely loved that business it, you know it was my baby it was my passion um, and that grew and grew and grew um, 
and then children came along <laughs> and I actually found out I was pregnant on your retreat didn't I yes I didn't want to say that because I thought that's <laughs> your information to share but yes it was on that retreat that that you found out you had Max yeah, yeah. um and and up until that point you know my business had like it, it had been my everything obviously my partner my husband was you know huge in that but he was part of the business um so my business consumed my life and it was it was amazing because it was impacting so many women but it was on a, on a personal level giving me so much um and it's only now looking back I realize how, how unhealthy that actually was um and then Max came along which was you know if there's any any parents listening like you know your whole world changes as soon as that little bundle arrives um and and things started to shift for me then it was like how do I balance having this you know massive business with this this baby who who I want to be my everything now and you know saying that out loud I can recognize that it's it's that very much that all or nothing mindset that I used to have of everything had to get have 100% of me um and and that was quite a big shift for me having a child um and that was probably the start of me going downhill a little bit health-wise and because just less than two years later my second child came along Grace Um, and I'd learned a few lessons after having Max I was like this time I'm not gonna push myself so much to to keep everything going the way it is I'm gonna step back and have a bit of a rest and enjoy being a mum and then four weeks after that one of my staff left and I decided to out of a place of fear step back into my business fully supporting women um, you know, having the two kids under two, fully supporting, you know, 50 women at a time. And then, you know, would I, I didn't fit anywhere into this. It was just doing, doing, doing. And, and very quickly, my body started to show me signs that, you know, you can't do this. Um, but being being the way I was, I was like, that's not an option. <laughs> you know, yeah. and what were those kind of early warning signs? Because I think we've, we all had them, right? There were all these little niggles and we just kept on pushing through. So what was sort of telling you at the time that you were, you were sort of pushing it down and keeping on going? Um, for me, it, it was always, and this is, has continued to be one of my first signs, it's mouth ulcers, sore throats, um, and just this feeling of like, um, you know, like when you get in flu or a cold, just that that feeling really swollen glands um but it was always the ulcer and the ulcers in the sore throat which was my first niggly sign um and looking back I probably had those every single month even before children like my body would be like every time like just before my period or during my period I would get ulcers um but just push through it you know um but then these got it got more and more and it, it was definitely was every month um when these signs started to first come but I would just drink a bottle of Lucozade and, and leave <laughs> right come on because you know when you're showing up to help other people gain energy through fitness and you kind of got to be that high vibe person all the time and the person who's full of energy and I really didn't feel that so I was like right I need to give myself that energy oh, I'll just drink some Lucozade and, and then jump around on a stage and um yeah so that's that's where it started and I knew something wasn't right um but I just was like you know I've got two young kids I'm running a business I've got a lot of people relying on me 
this is just how it is. But I look back at my journal from that time. This was 2019 and it, it very much I was that inner, that higher self knew something wasn't right. And I was like writing like, you know, this just feels all feels too much, but I don't know how to change it. Um, and I started to get a bit of anxiety. And I couldn't work out where it was. If I'd had anxiety in the past, it was usually like something had triggered it, but it was just like this lingering feeling of anxiety, um, which just wasn't like me. So, I, you know, that was probably a sign as well. Something was out of alignment. Um, and then we got to lockdown in 2020. Um, and I just upped my workload again in that January. So I was doing a lot more high energy exercise, teaching that. And then lockdown hit and I think just the, the stress of that, you know, getting a business going from this really big business to moving it online and trying to make sure that everyone else was okay. Like the staff were looked after, the members, um, I think subconsciously, you know, my body was just like, this is too much. And after three months, I got the familiar sore throat Um but my body just wouldn't let me carry on. Um, and, it, and it just went on and on and on. It, it was probably, I think it was like four weeks and I was like, it's still here. I still feel like I've got flu. I feel exhausted. I couldn't teach any classes. I could barely look after the children. You know, it was just, and then that was the start of like the, the chronic fatigue. And then you, you got a diagnosis quite quickly, didn't you? Well, that was the June of 2020, and I went through the, all the motions of, of going to the GP, having all these tests, and then I think it was about the October I went, and they sent me to, um, the is it rheumatology yeah. department, and they were like, oh no, you haven't got any, any, you know, muscle pains, or you haven't got anything here, and they just kind of like dismissed it, and I just thought, is this worth going back and just being sent for another test I knew I knew something it was something more it wasn't a physical purely physical thing um and at that point I gave up with the doctors and I started to explore other options and then at the following February I was just reached rock bottom and that's when I came to you and it was during that time of you that I did get that official diagnosis as well. uh, yeah sorry I can't remember the timeline exactly and so when you were at your rock bottom, that was when you, what did you say? That was like February, 2021. Yeah. 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 And what had you been trying up until that point to support yourself? To be honest, I think I was still in denial at that point um, because I'd closed my business um, the a few months previous because I knew that I just couldn't, even though I had a team of staff who could have done it for me, you know, when you're, when you're the the director the owner you need that energy and that passion to drive it forward yeah absolutely I just didn't have anything in me (laughs) so (laughs) we made the decision to close it but because I was still a bit in denial I thought oh I'll I'll be able to do it on a smaller scale it's just stress this once that stress has gone I'll be fine and I soon realized it it wasn't the stress it was actually my body was like literally in shutdown um so I did try and push through for a bit and carry on because I didn't know what was going on for me. So I hadn't actually really tried anything apart from taking time off, taking rests, but I didn't really understand the condition at that point. 
Yeah, I, I resonate with that so much as well. And I think um, that uh, denial phase is like it's it's the first stage in like a grieving process. The first stage of grief is denial. And I think, you know, when I hear your story and you had this massive, huge, successful business and to a certain extent you were like flying high and, you know, leading all these women, doing something that you loved and then to have to give all of that up and, and sort of face the reality of that there's obviously going to be some grief there and yeah and then kind of going into that denial it's almost kind of like self-protective isn't it because it sort of protects you from really realizing the enormity of the situation all at once because because it's a lot right to handle all at once to accept all the different changes there was a lot of change yeah absolutely to, to add to that it's like other people not understanding like why you're making these decisions like mm. you know I heard of so many people or have you just lost your passion for it and it was like I have got nothing in me anymore <laughs> it's not pa- lack of passion I am just so drained you know <laughs> yeah and I can imagine how upsetting that must be to hear like oh have you just lost your passion when you're like no the passion is there just like burning so bright but my body is just not able to keep up with it and that's that's a very frustrating place to be as well yeah yeah but you're absolutely right the grief um that was definitely the first stage of grief for me was the denial I think I lived in that stage for about a year so I totally get it and I think it was um because I was kind of just like about probably maybe about a year a couple of years or no about a year ahead of you is that like the whole of I was sort of like in that kind of denial process for the whole of 2019 and then when lockdown happened and everybody was kind of grieving the losses of lockdown that's when I realized oh that's what I've been doing for the past year because having like chronic fatigue syndrome is like being locked down in your body so it's like when lockdown happened I was like oh now everybody gets to know how I've been feeling for the past year yeah. But yeah, it took me a really long time to move through that denial stage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so you said, I think you said then at that point, then you came to me and we worked together for a little bit. And what kind of changed for you there? I know you've actually done a lot of other things since, which we can talk about as well. But what, what was the shift that happened then? Um, do you know what? I always say this to you, Anna, but I am forever grateful to you because I think without you I probably wouldn't have even fully accepted it I'd have probably kept pushing through and just going around in circles and and I don't know where I would have ended up (laughs) um but when when we started working together it was almost like I finally had that validation like actually something is physically wrong here something's not right and you really helped me to understand what was going on in my body and through that understanding came like almost the power to go yeah I can now I know what's going on I can I can help myself but without that knowledge you can't help yourself no absolutely and so what were the big changes that you made or the changes that you made that you found the most beneficial um that's a really great question I think the first one was actually stepping away from that denial and a bit of acceptance which mm-hmm. is you know very um it's not linear is it the acceptance part <laughs> definitely not <laughs> but 
almost like just taking that step back and going actually there is something here I need to take my foot off the gas of what I'm trying to achieve and do in life and honor myself of, of where I'm at right now and that for me meant taking time fully out of work and business and um, I had started my life coaching business but I just stepped back from it and thought I can't give to others when I'm feeling like this um but you with through working with you you really helped me with like not only that side of it but like the practical side of how I support my body so like doing the testing that we did and um getting the right supplements getting the right diet that was a big part of it I remember you were such a great client to work with because you just wanted to do all the tests you're like I'm just want to throw everything at it so you did like I think you did about three different tests, like all in one go, boom, boom, boom. And I think that was really great just to get like an overview of what was going on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still that mindset. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it well. Yeah, 100% <laughs> black or white, all or nothing, um, which is not actually such a bad thing in, in that case. I think it's just also we can't only apply that like when we're – like getting tests and getting information that can be quite helpful but then if we're like too all or nothing in our healing journey it's that's actually inherently stressful for the body yeah and that's something I went on to learn which I'm so grateful that I did because it's such a nicer place to be when you're not you don't have that inherent like drive fit for it to be all or nothing and perfect and 100% you know yeah and I am I am glad I did the testing and you know really looked at my diet and again you introduced me to yin yoga which I've absolutely fallen in love with I love yin honestly oh, <laughs> it's literally changed my life love it and meditation yeah I love yin yoga and um actually it might be worth mentioning did you want to talk a little bit about the documentary because I know there's a little yin yoga um um snippet in the documentary as well yeah so um I'd, I'd only shared little bits of the journey on social media because before this I was quite you know energetically out there on social media but when you're going through something like this I feel you just want to retreat and don't want to I felt very vulnerable during this time so I only shared very little bits on social media but um, a guy approached me um, he was doing some producing he works at the BBC but he wanted to do like a project on the side and asked if I would share my journey via a documentary which is the most random thing ever um, but I was like would well, you know what if it can help others um, then I'll absolutely do it so yeah basically this guy followed me around on a few things and we we, um, we went to yin yoga because that's been such a part of my journey um I just shared really what what had gone on for me um and interviewed my husband as well who still thinks it's like burnout bless him <laughs> um but that was actually a really healing healing thing for me to do was share the journey because it was part of me owning what had actually gone on and mm accepting it a little bit more yeah and also having a voice to just express yourself I think as well is very very powerful yeah because I think so much of like that is tied into this this condition is is like feeling that you you know it's it's a lot tied into like the self-worth and not feeling like you want to take up space and use your voice and give it over giving and 
Yeah. And then on the other side, not really being understood by other people as well. So there's like, you can express yourself, but then not really feel seen and heard. So having a documentary platform is brilliant (laughs) to make sure that people see and hear you. Yeah. It did bring up a lot for me though. Um, those vulnerabilities and and that not wanting to be seen and heard but I am mm. I am glad that I did it yeah and so I know we only worked together for quite a short amount of time I think it was like we did a 12-week um, package at the time and you've also gone on to do a lot of other things you mentioned the yin yoga and the meditation and I think um, reflexology has been really really helpful for you but what else have you found to be like kind of the big things that have made the biggest difference for you on the journey? I think for me, so much of it has been in the mindset work. It's been the whole surrendering, letting go um, for so long on the journey. You know, with this type of condition, when you, you don't, I, I felt incapable and I felt like, how am I going to support the family? How am I, how are we going to pay our mortgage? Like that was what was running through my head all the time. And then this just, this, this, kind of feeling just came to me one day and it was like you need to surrender you need to let go you need to just trust that you're you're on the path you need to be on by looking after yourself and when I did that it was like something inside shifted and like my body just settled and it was like none of that external stuff is important if you are not well and you can't you know you can't function like just let it go and and that's really hard to do. <laughs> As you were saying, I really felt I really felt that. And also also thinking, yes, that is such a hard thing to do is to just let go and trust. It it takes you to places that you've not had to go before, like spiritually, emotionally. And, and I'm so grateful for that now because I feel like I've learned so many lessons about trust and about getting out of the doing and the achieving and and that it's a much nicer place to be to, to operate from. And I'm curious, do you ever feel that like I I mean, at least I know I feel that that achiever part, she's she's tamed, but she's still very much there. And I'm just curious if you're what your experience is now with the, those parts of you that were so dominant and so strong before. Um, I think that she's she's definitely still there as well. Um but I think she's just like she's operating from a healthier place now. She's not like trying to dominate, mm. um. Because I th- I like that part of myself, but just not when it's overpowering. So it's yeah. still there, but there's a, there's also, in all honesty, a bit of fear tied up with that. I don't want her to run the show anymore, so I I can find myself holding back a little bit now out of fear. Mm. But I'm sure that's just kind of normal part of the healing journey of you know just doing things gently because I'm so cautious of not going all in on things now yeah and I think there's also that kind of like that sort of all or nothing where we're all an achiever and then you know we can really pull all the way across to the other side but there's kind of like a calibration that needs to happen so sort of swings a bit over to one side and then it swings back and you're just trying to find that sort of okay part okay place for her to be yeah and I think that's probably where I'm at right now uh, and I'm okay with that because I feel grateful that I am at that that I'm not at the I can't do anything and I don't want to do anything because I'm scared it's like I'm just testing the waters <laughs> yeah exactly and um 
Is there anything else you wanted to share that was helpful for you in the journey? Um, I think the meditation has been a massive part of it. Um, just because of like what it actually does to the body. Like, and what type of meditation do you use or do you do? Um, I go between a few, really. I've done a few meditation weekends, um, you know, where I've, I've learned more about meditation and been really embodied in that. Um, so that was like silent meditation where you're just working through like um, a process. So it's a lady called Claire Morton. I did her meditation course and it's it's um, just like working through a sense checking and then holding on to a mantra. And I find that really powerful. And then I do like um, the Yoga Nidra YouTube meditations um and Abraham Hicks I like that meditation the well-being one um so yeah it's a mixture of guided and then just like non-guided ones um also the breath work I found really really beneficial I love doing your breath work um, and it's definitely something I want to do more of yeah it integrates very well with the coaching as well I find the breath work sometimes you just need clients to like get it all out in a breathwork session and then they can feel really good after yeah so it's definitely something I'm looking more into now for myself and for clients yeah and and I think the big the big question that like a lot of my followers on social media have is that it's obviously really hard I mean it's like I don't have children uh, and it's still just hard to prioritize what you need to do for yourself in your healing journey. How did you manage that alongside Max and Grace? Because how old were they when you first became unwell? Um, they were one and three. Yeah, so just little, little. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is challenging um, because as a mum, you know, it's just your absolute instinct to to nurture, to give, to put them before you. Um, and I think it's a really tough question to answer because I feel like I just I just carried on with them but there were points where I was like I'm gonna have to ask for support here like my husband's great but he was working as well Um, so it, it it really was about asking for help which probably went against everything I'd, I'd you know I'd, I'd operated from for years Um, but family like just to, to ask for help from them and you know they, they were really supportive even though I had that mum guilt I had to just really tell myself like if I don't do this it's it's selfish because then you know they're not going to have a mum there who's going to be able to look after them by giving myself that like three hours you know if my mum would say I'll have them for the afternoon by giving myself that three hours it's like recharging so that I can give them something Whereas if, you know, you're trying to just give, 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 and then you've just got nothing, then they do suffer. Um, but it was also being quite strict with myself, like when they've gone to bed, making sure I go to bed, things like that, instead of the usual, oh, but this is the only time you get to yourself. It's like, no, prioritise things that are going to help with your healing, like sleep and relaxation. Um, and I did have to make some changes, like childcare wise. So with Max, he he kind of stayed. He didn't go in full time until he went to school. Um, whereas with Grace, I've had to put her in full time nursery earlier than I would have liked to. So there was a bit of guilt that came with that, but I did notice a big shift in my healing and my energy when she went full time to nursery because I, it 
gave me a bit of time back to focus on myself and and do all these things like go to yoga and have the meditation time and you know just have a better balance yeah so um it sounds like that it's sort of like doing the things you don't want to do but then when you realize that they actually are helping that creates more incentive to keep on doing them yeah definitely and I think it's just that awareness of that mum guilt which you know so many people experience it's almost irrational at times and it's it's just by like having that like dialogue with yourself of well actually what are they going to gain from this what am I going to gain by putting yourself first yeah and I can imagine there's a lot of cultural conditioning as well like I saw you know some meme or whatever on social media which was like they expect women to work like they don't have children and raise their children like they don't have to work and there's there's definitely like a huge demand culturally on women to just show up and be perfect and high performing in all areas of life and um, I think there's like that external pressure that sort of cultural conditioning puts on us and then there's the pressure we're, we're putting on ourselves and sometimes the guilt is just that like it's just kind of going against the grain of what the, the conditioning is and it's it doesn't feel good but sometimes you just like have to tolerate that feeling a little bit so that you can actually have the bigger picture as you say which is by doing this I'm actually going to be more nourished myself and then be able to show up absolutely and I come across women you know they, they might not have like any sort of chronic illness but these exp- they're experiencing the exact same feelings around this of trying to be superwoman in the career and be the same at home and there's just not enough of them to go around and they're just exhausted and on the brink of burnout like literally at my women's circle last night there was so many women in the room saying the exact same thing but it's only by talking to other women who feel the same that they're like oh it's not just me who's just Mm. because you think everyone's coping and they're really not (laughs) yeah exactly and I think like obviously like you know your your body to a certain extent like really broke down but in a way it was also that's just what it needed to do to get your attention so that you could learn these lessons and then I guess help other women now as well even though they may be not experiencing the exact same thing as you it's all the same patterns playing themselves out in different ways in different bodies yeah absolutely and I think for me, what you said, what really shifted something for me was when you said your body is is working for you here, Ellen. It's like it's not giving up on you. It's it's doing this because it's working well. It's showing you something's not right and you, you need to look at it. And this is the only way you're going to look at it because it's screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, like, thanks, body. Whereas before I'd been going, oh, my body's giving up. It's not fair. And, you know, it was a big shift for me that... <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's so important because like if we can really appreciate our body as our friend and that is there, like there's an intelligence there that is really supporting us, that the relationship we have with the condition changes. And I think that's quite that's quite important is to, you know, not feel angry or have self-blame, but understand that there's there's actually something very, very important and beautiful happening. Yeah, as hard as it is sometimes to accept that yeah but I think that's such a big part in the healing journey as well of like you know when your body does start telling you something 
like I used to think oh no it's coming but now I look at it oh what could that mean like what what have I not what have, what have I been doing or what's not quite right here and like using it as a friend like like listening to it like you would a friend and going oh what do you need yeah absolutely a way of being isn't it yeah and so have there been any other big lessons and we kind of I kind of feel like we're touching on them now anyway but have there been any big lessons from the journey oh gosh oh <laughs> you know how much time have we got <laughs> um I think it's for me it's, it's just big lessons about who you are as a person like for me it's it's really made me evaluate why I operated in that way so it's it's leaning into who you are and why you do what you do and unpicking that it's like really giving me this opportunity to go that part of you that pattern doesn't serve you let that one go that doesn't serve you oh that works well for you and it's almost like you're you're taking pieces of yourself and rebuilding them into something that you want the person you want to be Mm. you know we get conditioned and through traumas and experiences we become a person often it's like you know out of survival um, and unconscious but now it's like I feel so conscious and that feels really empowering Mm. Um, so it's yeah it's it's being able to fully step into who you want to be yeah absolutely I think just hearing you talk I think of this analogy of like if you just so you've built a house but the house has just been built by all these like funny little bricks and things that we've just taken over time like to survive so that we could have the stability of the house and then something like a chronic illness just comes and knocks the whole house down and there's like bricks everywhere but then you get to consciously choose like I'm going to take this brick and put it here and I'm going to throw those bricks away and in doing so you build like a house which is much more like stable and structured and like exactly how you want it to be oh that's such a great analogy I love that yeah remember another one you said I think it was in one of your workshops and it was about um you know pulling out the weeds oh yes (laughs) and then you know planting the seeds that you want and watering them and I thought that really resonated for me yeah we need to water the things that are important yeah so what is life like now like how are you doing with your recovery what does your day look like and how does that differ from your previous life um so recovery wise I was scared of like jinxing it but um I feel like I've reached a point where I'm like I've got the baseline right now so I know what I need to do each day to support myself with with feeling healthy and energetic so that's like you know having a good diet meditating daily good sleep movement that feels appropriate so that's been a big change for me you know I was used to exercising at high intensity as part of my job Um, I'm still not there with that yet and I'm still working on that but I'm happy with where that is like I love doing my yoga and my walking and my work life it's just so much more balanced Um, so now I'm coaching women one-to-one um and I just really love that I just think this was like my calling for a long time but because my business was so big and consuming it didn't give me that space to or I didn't give that space to explore this route so it's really given me the push now to do that so my days are like yeah really well balanced I get to do the school runs um and and I base my business in the school hours 
seeing clients and working on the business but I just I, I switch off now as well like I don't have that you know that that thing running in the background all the time about my work and my business it's like I'm able to compartmentalize things now it just feels a lot healthier um but yeah very much prioritize the things that support my well-being it's like a, a non-negotiable for me now like in the past I wouldn't even go for a walk I'd be at my desk all day then I'd go out and teach in the evenings whereas I couldn't even think about doing that now. <laughs> yeah not getting out for a walk or stopping it's just like a completely different way of being I don't try to control outcomes as much. <laughs> yeah. And do you find it's easier now that Max and Grace are at school that you have the more time for yourself as well? Yeah, absolutely. So those like, um, you know, physical realities have made a difference. And now they're, you know, the three and five now. So even though they're still really young, um, just just having them at school has, has been a big difference. Just giving me that bit more balance. Yeah, absolutely. And so tell us a little bit more about your business and what you do. There may be, you know, I think you said for you, the mindset side of things was really, really one of the most powerful things in your recovery. And I'm assuming now that that's a lot of what you teach other women, whether that's whether they have a chronic health condition or they're just burning out. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. So a lot of the women who come to me, like, and like past versions of me you know they're in the same patterns of of overgiving overworking um holding themselves to these really high standards of giving everything 100% perfection all of those traits um so yeah my work with them like when they come to me it's usually like they're at a point where you know they know something's got to change but they're just so overwhelmed they can't see the wood for the trees so my work with them are kind of take them on a process of initially just addressing the things that can bring a little bit of calm and then we start doing the deeper stuff of, of why they're doing what they're doing what what limiting beliefs are there what programming usually what's what's stuck in the body as well because they're so stuck in like you know numbing emotions and not fully feeling um so a lot of it is about connecting back to the body and the heart and I love that stuff that really lights me up um, and then getting them to a point where once they feel that they're more balanced and the the calm the nervous system settled and then we start looking at what like thriving looks like for them so they they can get back to that thriving but from a healthier place mm. thriving from these must be must be perfect you know yeah, it sounds like, you know, just from my understanding of the nervous system as well, as you're kind of bringing them to a place of more regulation so then they can, like, create that future from a, a more regulated place because if you'd done it at the very beginning of the journey with them, they would just be wanting to, like, all those achiever perfectionist patterns would be trying to create the future and those are the patterns that you sort of want to tame a little bit more before you start looking ahead to what thriving really looks like yeah absolutely and it, it blows my mind how how quickly this can happen once they have that awareness mm, and the support from you no doubt oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really love it I really really do love it I love seeing other people um you know thrive and um you know feel I love helping them to realize that there's another way that you you know because it is it's it's a it's an exhausting way of living isn't it when you're mm. driving all the time for 
perfection and it's just yeah it's just liberating when you can can let that go a little bit but still achieve what you want to achieve yeah absolutely I think it's um probably like people like you and I were like natural healers so we always just want to like you know help people see that they don't have to live in pain that there's another way and that there's as you say there's a way out and that things don't have to continue to be the, the way that they are yeah definitely and I'm actually doing a bit more training at the moment and um, training to be a counsellor just to you know I think it works really well and um, I want to do some trauma work as well become trauma informed because again that's been a big part of my journey of you know healing that and, and working through it and then um, like the breath work and the yoga I think just all of it together just is so powerful and I, I think like that's a big part of what you've done isn't it the stuff that helped you and you've you've trained in it um to bring it all together eventually yeah oh it sounds like you're building an amazing business and um how does it feel I'm just curious now thinking about your previous business is there still like a wanting to go back to like working like teaching classes or doing anything like that or do you feel like now what you're doing is the, the next sort of evolution of your journey I definitely feel like this is the next evolution. This is the stuff that really I feel really passionate about. Um, I don't have any desire to go back to the old business. I mean, I still love my dancing and my dance fitness, and that's like I do that for pure joy and fun. Um, I don't know if I, if I could do that just yet, but maybe that will be something I do in the future for fun. But from a business perspective, this is the stuff that lights me up, and I think it's just it's so needed right now think it's it's really powerful work yeah absolutely I completely agree and if someone is listening to this and they're like oh my gosh I need Ellen in my life and um, how can people work with you how can they find out more about what you do um so they can connect with me on either Facebook or Instagram um I'm just getting the website done at the moment so it's not live yet so um but I'm just um Ellen Marie coaching on Instagram and Ellen Marie on Facebook yeah and we'll put those in the show notes as well oh fab yeah okay good and is there anything else that you wanted to share any sort of last words of wisdom or messages um that you'd like to give out I think it's just um anyone who is going through it like it can be such a scary scary lonely place to be and I just want to say don't give up hope because you know reaching a level of recovery is possible and I think that hope is everything. You know, when when the doctors are telling you, you know, this is this is your life now and you're just going to have to manage it. Like, you know, the, the NHS is to try in the best, but there's not always the best support there. Like, there is hope. It's finding the right pieces of the jigsaw puzzle and think, you know, thank goodness I found you, Anna. Like, oh. like you, and that's <laughs> what I mean, you know. So just to keep keep looking and keep, Keep exploring the, the right answers for you because the, the, the answers are there. They totally are. And I want to say as well is that um, what I really like people to know as well is that it, it takes a village and it's um, it's like you didn't only just work with me and that solved all your problems. You've done like a lot of different things and worked with various different pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And it's like just expect that there's not going to be like one thing that fixes everything but 
really tune into what your heart tells you and like work with the people that feel good to work with, do the things that feel good to you. And I think that's the best way to approach healing. Yeah, totally agree with you there. And I love that you, you know, you're saying that from the work you do with helping people, like it's such an authentic place to come from. Yeah, I think it's just, especially if someone has had, is having this kind of chronic illness experience, it can be this like, oh, well, I tried that and it didn't work for me. But I think we get a little bit from everything that we do. And sometimes the things that we invest in, maybe they don't solve all the problems, but if they solve 10% of the problem and then we do something else and that does 20% and so on and so on. At, at least that's what my journey has been like doing all sorts of different things and they all sort of move the needle in the right direction yeah and it's different things at different times depending where you're up to on your your journey isn't it yeah absolutely and you as a person and your own nervous system and your own trauma and I'm actually writing a blog about this at the moment about why different people get different results doing different things so yeah there's just so much individual variability yeah yeah definitely but honestly Anna thank you so much for um for setting me off on on my recovery journey I'm so grateful to you (laughs) oh it was such a pleasure to work with you and I'm still like follow you on social media and see all your little updates and it's um it really just looks like you're thriving and doing so well and I know that all your clients are in very loving and capable hands So thank you so much for being here today, um, the first guest on the podcast. Um, And if anybody is interested in finding out more about Ellen, I'm sure you can just click on the links, which will be in the show notes here. And um, yeah, give her a follow, reach out if you want any help and support. Um, But yeah, that's everything from me today. Thank you so much, Ellen. Um, And no doubt we'll connect again soon. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. See you in the next episode.